Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. On today's show, we're going to talk about reading people. And this includes things like noticing somebody's body language, finding clues about them from like how they're dressed, reading flirting signals, and to show to show when somebody likes you. Um, and most importantly, how to notice when something's maybe off or not quite right so that you can have that opportunity to help put that person at ease and so they can enjoy the interaction and make any kind of maybe corrections or things like that that you might need. So just noticing when something's off, huge, huge deal. Um, reading people's a skill that you develop with practice. And it's something that I think everybody does it unconsciously, but what I want to try to do is help people do it more consciously so that we're kind of paying attention to the information that we're gathering. Um, and this is going to help you start up like nice conversations. It's going to help you know when and how to flirt. It's going to help people feel safe and comfortable with you and also help you form those better, deeper connections. Paying attention and looking for signs is your guide to making wise decisions. I'm your host, Stephen, and joining me today, we have Kimberly. Hello. And Ava. Hey, nerds. And Brandy. Hi. You guys are so wholesome. <laughs> uh, everybody is. For now. Yeah. I heard that. I listened to that. <laughs> that. Okay, Kimberly's two not weeks wholesome. ago. <laughs> no, somebody, all of oh. y'all were like, Kimberly, was there was Brandy is so Brandy. wholesome. And I was like, I'd be offended. <laughs> yeah, because it was about Kimberly doing her pie and stuff like that. So he brought it and you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, Kimberly always makes us all wholesome. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not on the show and you're calling me wholesome behind my back. We were actually talking about the twin white peaks and all that, you know. So yeah, we tried our best right. to make it as unwholesome as possible. Right. So uh, I just want to know, has anybody done anything dirty this week? Yes. Oh, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> you have my attention. Oh, well, first, I want to say that I have not been on the show for two weeks, so I am super excited to be here today. I am super sad that I missed last week's episode, which I believe is episode 16, about the humiliation of play, because that I was looking forward to and was supposed to be on. Um, so I'm looking forward to listening to it when it comes out Aww. like a regular person. Um, no, I've just been having orgasms all weekend. Last night I was standing and I, and I was like being instructed to use a vibrator on myself and I almost fell down. <laughs> Can you imagine that he was like, like, no. he was like don't injured? From standing while coming. I don't even. Oh my gosh, this would be great. That must have been one amazing <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. So good. He was like, Don't, don't you fall don't down? You fall and then he me. was like doming me. And I was not <laughs> allowed to fall to make it worse. I was like catching myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, but like, I'm, did you I'm actually like... fall? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Kimberly, great. did you actually fall? No, because he told me not to. Well, okay. No, he fell. She fell I caught into, myself like, onto the bed. On the yeah. bed. <laughs> I caught myself. So you on fell that. onto the bed. That's that's a that's a yeah. That's that's a fall. The fun part was that the knees gave way. Oh yeah, and that that made me very <laughs> Just happy. buckled out. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Has anybody else done any? That's good, Kimberly. Thank you. I didn't know you were gonna like throw our stuff in there but whatever well she didn't, she didn't say anything about you steven so now you've just added yourself 
right? You just inserted yourself. A little bit. Okay, well, I <laughs> might have been speak. there. Oh. <laughs> so I haven't done anything super exciting, but I'm on this new medication to help me sleep. And it gives me the wildest, crazy, sexiest, all sex focused, no shocker there, dreams. And so I wake up in the morning, <laughs> super horny, which is really not that elevated than from my normal, but like, I feel like my mind isn't resting because I'm having all these active sex dreams. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to go to my doctor and be like, listen, like <laughs> I really like this side effect on some days, but then on some days not, <laughs> and be like, we might have to change because it's causing too many sex. Why, dreams. why would you even say anything? I would just be like, just sit back and enjoy it. Because it feels like when I wake up, my mind's still been active with all the sex dreams that I'm not You're really not getting rested. good sleep. Yeah. You have to sleep. So I know I'm not going to get a lot of pity for that, but yeah. I know some people that wake up uh-huh. and they were like, I was having a sex dream, but I couldn't get myself off. <gasps> and so they hard. are so fucking horny and demanding. Like as soon as they wake up, yeah. some people are just like that. Like yeah. name, no, just you know, random people, just yeah. random not, people. not people. Yeah. Nobody people in this. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I have a partner here and I wake up in the morning and they're already out of bed, I'll get off and then I'll send them a text about what I got off about and say, good morning. And then I'll meet you downstairs <laughs> for coffee or something. Cause I'm like, you're the one that missed the opportunity because you got up early. Um, so I took care <laughs> of it myself. Who would get up early and miss that? I know. Right. I didn't miss it. I slept in and enjoyed myself. So it was good for you. Thank you. Ava, you're going to bring the wholesome? I don't know if this qualifies as wholesome. Actually, today I feel like it does. The exciting thing that I did this week was I went to an exotic chair dancing class. Which, first of all, was like strangely challenging in that I had to wear a mask the the entire time, obviously, right? And so like that part was hard when I was like breathing hard. Um, but also exotic chair dancing, not not as easy as you might think that it, it is. is. It's fun. a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. but it was fun and it felt really sexy and just was very energizing. Um, and I actually went on my birthday. So like that was a nice little treat. And Aww. yeah, that's that's your wholesome story of the day, folks. Exotic chair dancing. <laughs> but that's yeah. good because mm-hmm. didn't I kind of remember when I first met you that you said, oh, yeah, I love dancing. I do. I do. And since I've moved to Nashville, I've been here like what, four, over four years now. I haven't really found like a home dance studio like I had back home in Seattle. So it was nice to, to, I don't, I don't know if this place is going to be my new like home dance studio because they do a lot of dance that I'm just not a whole lot interested in. Like pole dancing is cool if you're into it. I'm just not that interested in it, but exotic chair dancing, that might be my new thing. So we'll see. Cool. Um, I want to do, before we get into our topic today, we're going to talk about, um, reading people, but before we do that, I wanted to kind of just do a real fast recap. I guess the last couple episodes that we've had, um, we, we had, uh, attraction and trust that we kind of covered. So with the attraction one, as a recap, when you meet somebody, one of the key things I want to say is like, try to figure out what you have of value to offer them. Um, that made me think of this story or I don't know, this image in my head of the, the horse and the carrot. And so you, uh, you, people probably have seen like where you have like the driver sitting, but maybe behind the, the horse, but he'll hold like the carrot in front of the horse and the horse goes forward because it wants that carrot. So 
a lot of times like with attraction and trust and things like that, it's, or just in general, it's like, what is, if you're trying to be attractive or trying to connect with somebody, okay, you're the carrot and the other person is the horse in this analogy, okay? And I don't mean anything bad by either one of them, okay? But it's just like when you meet somebody for attraction, like, you know, figure out what you have of value to offer them. What is, what is the carrot? that? What is something for real that they want? So, you know, why do they like you? What are your most attractive traits? Those kind of things. Um, trust, we covered and we talked about, you know, which is like, in some ways, I'm going to say, like, always be willing to let somebody go, which would mean like, give them the freedom to leave anytime for any reason, you know, don't don't hold them to you or whatever. Uh, just give them give them freedom. So they're really comfortable. Uh, only want them to stay with you if they really want to. Like that, you know, so it's their own choosing. So again, that's kind of related. It's, it's really freedom. Um, and then, then just trust that they're going to stay with you, you know, or that they're going to come back to you. If they, if they leave for a while, they might come back to you because of the attractive things that you do have a value to, to give them. Um, so these two kind of things kind of go, I think, hand in hand that, you know, if you can figure out like, what is the carrot? What is the thing that somebody really wants, you know, and why do people like me? And then you're giving them the trust that they will like you. And so, so often I think people kind of shoot themselves in the foot if we try really hard or if we have sort of self doubts about ourselves. So I'd say like, you don't want to pressure the person, but it is kind of good to sort of know, like, what are the things that, that are attractive about you? That, that, that's the carrot, you know, what is attractive about you? Um, and then, yeah, the real connection, I think that we really like and enjoy is, is when the person comes to you of their own choosing, because they really, you know, care about those things then it's real. And then it's a gift. You know, when that person comes to you, then, then it's a gift. You have not manipulated them. You haven't done anything. You haven't pressured them. And that's when I think it really feels special, you know, to know that this person is here because they like you. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there because to me, there's like a subcategory, maybe attraction and trust is like this first kind of grouping of these topics that we're going to talk about. And I really feel like a lot of that attraction and trust, I really want people just to have a good understanding of how those things Things work because once you understand them, then you're able to make predictions about certain things. You're able to see like why something doesn't work, those kind of things. So it's really a uh, just an understanding, and that brings us into today's topic: reading people. Where I'm going to say this starts to get into skills, developing skills. So today is going to be reading people. Next week we're going to talk about engaging conversations, and so that is where you're working on developing a skill set engaging conversations, you know, working on the skill set of having those conversations. And then today is working on the skill set basically of like picking up information, you know, noticing things, picking up information. And that is then going to give you, it's going to make things easier. You're going to be able to like then use that information. And I don't mean that like in a manipulative, bad kind of way, but more of just like you're paying attention, you're picking up on, on things about the other person. And so it's going to lead into like conversations are going to come easier to you. You're going to know what to talk about. You're going to know how to make connections. You're going to know how to be attractive. You're going to know how to build the trust because you're getting this information from, from people. Um, so when I say to you all, you know, Hey, go practice reading people. What does that bring to mind? What do you all tend to think of before we get into it? I'm just kind of curious. Being aware of the nonverbal cues that a person gives off is what I think immediately of. What I think immediately of is people watching. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is people watching. What, Brandy, expand on yours. What do you mean by like just paying attention to nonverbal cues? Um, like if someone's making eye contact with you when you're asking a question, or they're deviating their vision down, or um, or if you they're you know hesitant when they're answering questions, that's a verbal cue. But um, if they're crossing their arms in front of them, kind of the way they might position themselves, if it can be interpreted as like a defensive stance. Um, even mm-hmm. though they might not mean it that way, but you can learn a lot from nonverbal cues from someone. Yeah. I will also say that I, w- I am not the best at reading people, um, but I can pick up on some things like that. Yeah. Well, and you know what, with that, like, that's where I think we do this stuff. Our eyes pick up the information. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like it's unconscious. And, and yeah, a real goal is like, if we pay attention and practice this and make it conscious, like, what am I seeing? And, and the example came to mind today was like Sherlock Holmes, you know, especially the BBC version, that, that episode or that, I guess that version with, was it Benedict Cumberbatch? I can never say his name. Great show. Great show. But you know, Sherlock Holmes, that's his trick, you know, is he just notices stuff, you know? And so if we're trying to sort of do that same kind of thing, you can get a ton of information, you know, but you're, we're trying to do it consciously. The unconscious part, I do want to say this. Sometimes you get a vibe for somebody, you know, you Mm -hmm. can't quite put your finger on. And I think it's because we do pick up on stuff and it's like, it is more, you just, you haven't put it all together into like a cohesive idea, you know, but you've, you get sort of like these cues or whatever. So, um, okay, that's good. But yeah, I do want, I'm hoping that Brandy to have you do it more consciously. What, okay. Kimberly, you have anything to add? Like, what do you no, think No, basically what I was thinking was the same as Brandy. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and that's good. And one of the things, Brandy, I liked it, is that it wasn't just body language, but you mentioned like the tonality of people's voices and mm-hmm. the way they act or, you know, were they looking a certain direction, you know, things like that. So that's all those things are good. It's not like any one particular thing, but I would say any information that you're able to find, which right. would include like if you're like, you know, right now we're on video, but if you're doing a video chat or if you're looking at pictures, it's like the information, like what's in the background, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Any, any, any information you can get. So, um, before we start, evolutionary psychology, I really kind of like, and it's kind of this weird field. I think sometimes it's like, you know, we have guesses about how things work, or, you know, and but um, versus like totally really knowing and understanding all of it. But with evolutionary psychology, my understanding is that like we have sort of developed, like we're a social species. We need to be able to communicate to each other. So like we have learned and practiced like how to be expressive of ourselves as well as how to read each other to, to the point where I think it's hard sometimes for people to lie. You know, now that's a different skill. I get, you know, I think there are places and times where people have to lie or need to lie. So I think that that is, you know, people can do it, but we're not very good at it. And, and our feelings show up on our faces and, you know, we're really, I'm going to say kind of designed to be expressive, you know, so the, I, again, I kind of feel like the information's there. It's just a matter of us to like pay attention and, and look for it. And that's, you know, all of what we're talking about today is really just good communication. Um, has anybody ever heard of cold reading? Anybody know that term? Nope. Okay. Is that when you like? Yeah. Like kind of do it really quickly. Uh, it's like a super quick reading, like first five seconds, maybe, or 
I, I think the term, yeah. like a lot of times That's I think of it as like yeah. sales. So like cold means you have no, you like, you don't know this person at all, you know, oh. versus warm is like, you might know some things about them or some things that like they might be interested in. So you're not mm -hmm. going in without knowing anything. Okay. But cold, cold readings are kind of interesting to me. So I'm going to read this definition from Wikipedia. Um, let me start with that, I guess. Okay. So they say cold reading is a set of techniques used by mentalists, psychics, fortune tellers, and mediums. Without prior knowledge, a practice cold reader can quickly obtain a great deal of information by analyzing the person's body language, age, clothing, or fashion, hairstyle, gender, sexual orientation, religion, ethnicity, level of education, manner of speech, place of origin, etc. So cold readings commonly employ high probability guesses quickly picking up on signals as to whether these guesses are in the right direction or not, and then emphasizing and reinforcing chance connections and quickly moving on from missed guesses. Psychologists believe that this appears to work because of the four, that's a person's name, four effect, and due to confirmation bias within people. So whether you believe in, say, the fortune teller or not, like, that doesn't really matter, okay? The point is that um, you're... you're Anybody can kind of do this. You know, we're, we're talking to a person, you're picking up on all this information based on body language, age, clothing, fashion, hairstyle, gender, all these other kind of clues. And then in the case of the cold reading person, you're making certain sort of guesses and inferences. And so the fortune teller person might pick up on some things and throw something out there and be like, oh, I'm getting a sense of such and such, you know, that you really are into your, your work and your job, you know, and, and then you're like, yeah, I really do care about that. And then you're kind of getting that confirmation. So just to me, I would say you're keeping, keep this in the back of your mind. In some ways, that's what we're doing. So you're going out on a date. You don't really know the other person, um, you know, or you're texting for the first time, whatever, and you're kind of feeling out. So I think it's fine to sort of like get information and then check in with the person, you know, Hey, I can get the sense that you really, you know, like the outdoors and doing things like that, you know? And so what they're going to do is it might be like, no, I don't, I don't, you know, that's not right at all. You know, but you're not going to lose any points for really a wrong guess. You are going to kind of gain points usually because you're like, you're paying attention and you're noticing these things about the person you're showing interest. So, so I really like the cold reading thing. I think it's kind of, it, you know, so many times people are like, well, I don't know what to say. I don't have any information about the person. And it's like, no, we can do a lot, um, you know, pretty quickly from that. Uh, but Brandy, I think, I don't know if you're talking about this thin slicing. Do you, have you ever heard that term? No, do, is that, do I have something confused? No, I've not heard of well, thin that's, slicing. Thin slicing is more, I think, of like what you're talking about. So where I first came across it was Malcolm Gadwell, who's an author who writes, he wrote like The Tipping Point, and he's got a bunch of other books that are really interesting. And uh, so one of his books, he mentioned, they're talking about thin slicing, which is like where you very quickly, like in a matter of seconds, make a quick determination about something. Okay. And then it's like, how accurate is it? And what they've kind of found in these studies is like, it ends up being more accurate than what you would think. And my understanding of why is like, because again, your eyes, your ears, your senses, you're taking in this information. You get a lot of information really quickly. If I showed you a picture for three seconds, you would, you would be amazed at like kind of how much information you would pick up about, you know, how the person is dressed, what's in the background, are they, do they take care of themselves? Those kind of things, you know, so the thin mm -hmm. slicing 
is not, you know, you can guess at something and you can be wrong, but it's just kind of interesting and good to keep in mind that it's like, no, you, you can get a lot of information really quickly. And just a sort of, in some respects, I'm going to say, trust it, you know, not totally. You don't judge a book by its cover, but do know that like, no, that we can pick up a lot really fast, really fast. Related to that, I think this is interesting and something to keep in mind. You go in for a job interview. A lot of studies have shown that the the person who is doing the interviewing, they make up their mind in the first 30 seconds. And then everything else is just is from them talking to you. It's just for them, like confirmation bias to tell themselves that they were right. So you walk in that into there, they decide if they like you, if they get a good positive feel from you or whatever like that. And then everything else is just them going like, yeah, I knew this person was like not well put together. Like that, I, I just, I could tell from the very beginning. So they sort of like don't listen, but so it is confirmation bias. But a lot of times, a lot of stuff is like the first 30 seconds makes a difference. And that's sort of like an example of that thin slicing. And it's an example of us, we just make up our minds and then we just tell ourselves we're right, which is not mm-hmm. a good thing. You know, I think it's good to don't try not to do that as best you can. Um, I do want to encourage people just really kind of for fun, practice the cold reading stuff, you know? So if you're like talking to somebody online, pay attention to things and just, just try stuff, you know? And if you see like, Oh, you know, Brandy's got these interesting shoes. I wonder if she's interested in, I don't know. Uh, what did you say, Ava chair dancing? What was exotic it? chair dancing? Exotic chair. So yeah, you notice like Ava's got the exotic chair dancing shoes, and you say, "Hey, are you into exotic chair dancing?" You know, just throw stuff out there because I mean, even the person says no, it's still, you know, it, that that conversation could lead someplace. But it is, it's good to practice. And the funny thing is, I think you'll find you're better at it than you expected. You know. So uh, everybody thinks about body language. What are some of the signals? I don't know, Ava, you're probably good at this. Like, what are some of the signals that you would tend to look for? And like, what do you think that they mean? Like body language cues? Uh, the most obvious body language cues that come to mind are what are you doing with your hands and your arms? You know, are your arms hmm. crossed in front of you or on your hips or in your pockets or behind you? Those are the probably the first things that I look for. Um, okay. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with body language, but that's probably top of mind for me. So what, what is that? So expand on that. Like when you say like somebody's got their, I don't know, their arms crossed, what is that a signal to you versus like um, putting their hands behind their back? Yeah. So I think that if you have your hands like behind your back or just kind of at your sides, like it's more open and more vulnerable. And if you think of it from like a really, really basic, um, almost primal perspective, if you have your arms crossed in front of you, you're protecting your body parts, right? So it's a very defensive position which could signal that someone is is feeling uncomfortable for some reason, um, which is hilarious because I my entire family likes to cross their arms just as like a passive like state, just like hanging out. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that that was a really weird one because like my entire family, including myself, we just have a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you know, from what I've learned from body language is if you are, if you have a limb that is like crossed in front of a body part, it's this like unconscious feeling of like trying to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, that, that's really good. That's a good point. That's a good point. It reminds me when I first met Brandy, she was like, Hey, we have to sit on the same side of the table because I don't want to like face you. Like if you're facing, if is, and I've heard this too. So I think there's a lot of, when she said it, I was like, Oh, cool. This, this girl, she knows something, man. But it's like, if you're facing each other, like straight on, it can be a little bit more like interview style. 
and mm. potentially confrontational. Okay. So Brandy was sort of like, like I have, I, I, to me, what it feels like is like, Hey, don't block me. So like, if you're coming like, Oh, if you're sitting next to me, then it's like, we're on the same team. We're next to each other. You know, we're out there facing the world. The gangsters, you're like, we're in the corner nobody can get us because we're facing everybody else. Just kidding. But, uh, but I do think like you're saying, if you're crossing things, if you're blocking things, there is some aspect of that. I think that is often like, yeah, protective. So I think that's yeah. See, but I almost, thing. I think for some people, I'm going to give a little bit of pushback that I think crossing your arms is um, just like a standard default. Like for me, it's not me being guarded or defensive. It's me just not knowing what to do with my arms. And I'm like, okay, just if I wanting cross to do them, something with them. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm crossing them, then they're both occupied doing something and then I'm not fidgeting either. Um, but I can understand how that can be misread, but I can also mm -hmm. understand how people might just use that as a comfortable default. What if I'm cold? Yes. Exactly. Yes. I was going to say that next. I went through a training once um, for a job where they were telling us about like body language and tone. And it was a very like customer service type role. And they talked about how like you don't cross your arms when you're in like an interview or a meeting with somebody because it, it tells them that you're being like, uh, like passive or defensive or not really tuned into what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, but like you guys keep this room really cold. That's why my arms are crossed. Please don't yell at me for this. I don't want to be in trouble. Right. Yep. Anyway. So you got, you all are wonderful. You do this a lot. Okay. You stumble into like what I want y'all to say, okay? <laughs> but I don't always expect you to say it. Okay. But one of the key things about body language stuff is like the FBI will tell you like, okay, there's. You can't just be like, oh, well, if they look up and to the left, it means they're lying. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bullshit on the internet that talks about that. It's very sellable. You know, like if you just tell these people, if we learn these, you can learn the secret, secret clues of what people are thinking in their innermost mind, you know? And the reality is like that is bullshit. You can't know because just like you're saying, the person's crossing their arms and there can be multiple reasons. So the FBI type stuff, what they have done is they've been like, you can know, you should pay attention to the signals, but also realize like you don't know the exact reason why the person's crossing their arms. So like read it, get the information, but don't be like, oh, I absolutely know this person is lying or is being defensive. There are multiple reasons for why a person puts their hands behind their back, for why they cross their arms, for why they hit. But so that said, I do want to kind of run through some things because there are like you guys just touched on like three different reasons why somebody might cross their arms. And that's really good. So there, um, some of the stuff I want to kind of just mention, cause I think it's interesting. It's like tapping of fingers. That could be somebody who is impatient and it could also be somebody who's bored, you know? So it's like, pay attention to it, but then it's like, what, you know, what does it really mean? And that's where you have to kind of maybe ask the question or get to know the person uh, better. Tilting your head to one side. You know, that's like, a, oh, you know, like people, oh, that means they like you if they tilt their head to one side, which I think that is true. You know, people do that, but it can also be like if they're actively listening or if they're thinking or like Kimberly's doing it right now, like she's giving me the skeptical look, like, do you even know what you're talking about? <laughs> um, straightening up, you know, standing up straight can be like confidence, comfort, power. You can represent any of those things. Uh, doing steepling, you know how politicians do their fingers and they, ooh, like I'm going to take over the world, you know? That that could be like, <laughs> that sort of represents power and 
comfort and relaxation, you know, at the same time, um, hand gestures, palms up are like generally considered like positive and friendly where down is like closed off and protective, but that's a perfect example of like, I wouldn't, you know, don't be like, Oh, this person is closed off because they have their palms down or cause they have their hands in their pockets. I, you know, just be aware I don't know, just pay attention, but don't jump to conclusions of like with body language. And again, there's so much bullshit out there that that's the stuff that kind of pisses me off sometimes when they're, they present, people present things, you know, like, oh, if you do this, you'll know how to read the secret person's body language. Anyway, that's my, me on my soapbox. Okay, uh, two basic things though in general that I like about body language that I tend to look for, and, and this is, I would just dumb the whole thing down to this, is like, is the person feeling comfortable or do you sense stress or tension of some sort? So if you're having a conversation about whatever, you don't have to know every little secret to, to what they're doing, but if they're feeling comfortable and you're and relaxed and stuff, then you can kind of assume that they're enjoying talking to you, that you're, you know, Kimberly will be like, do you think you're talking too much? You know, which, cause I have a tendency to sometimes maybe <laughs> do that. What? But I know, <laughs> and, and I know the answer is like, yes, I have that possibility. I could do that, but I do tend to try to watch people and know like when they're, you know, when, when I've crossed that line, I try to kind of pay attention to it. But if people are generally like kind of comfortable and interested, then it's like, okay, then no, I don't think it's necessarily too much. I think as long as they're kind of engaged, but you're looking, but when I get that sense of like stress or tension or they want to leave or just boredom, then it's like, okay, it's time to, you know, shut up. And that's, that's the end. So a lot of kind of these cues, I would just say, just dumb it down and just look for, are they comfortable or is there stress and tension that, that you're picking up on? Um, so look for openness, you know, unease, boredom, a person wanting to leave. Uh, one of the things I do like is like, you're supposed to like look at their feet, but I would say, look at how their body's angled. And, you know, if they're angled away from you, then that's kind of a sign that they're ready to go in that direction or something, you know, or they're not, if they're really interested in you, they'll be facing, facing you. They'll have their body turned to you. So you can kind of use that. Um, I have also used this. Uh, with my boss when I, he talks more than I do. And when I need to leave or get back to work, I start to turn my body away from him, you know, like, okay, I'm going this direction. And then amazingly, he doesn't get it. You know, I'm like, I'm not facing you. I have my head turned to the side. Can you not see that I want to leave and go this direction? So sometimes it's like, you can use it to kind of signal people like I need, I need to go or something like that. But sometimes people don't get it. So. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to be honest, like in the past, I don't think I got it when I was in my twenties. I don't think I was that perceptive to kind of pick up on that. So, yeah. Kimberly, you like fashion, don't you? Yes. 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 No, you do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I feel, so answer this. So, so many people like they struggle with, this is me. Okay. I, I always struggled with fashion, you know, figuring out, choosing what to wear and, I'm interested, like you're, you're all three of you are good at it, but like Kimberly, like what goes through your mind when you're trying to put an outfit together? So like, what is the process that you start to think about and like the key things that you consider? So what I'm asking is like, you know, we're trying to help people that like myself who are not very good with fashion. What, what is it that you like about it and what's going through your head? So how do you put together an outfit? 
What are First you, of all, thought? you are not bad at fashion. You went shopping all by yourself this weekend, and you bought those shirts oh, we are all so by yourself. I didn't even it. approve them before you bought them. I said, what did you wow. buy? I didn't even see it. So th- that's, that's not because true. you had 21 articles of clothing in your arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I and was like, I like, have to try them all on now. <laughs> right. I went to three stores and came back and, and found some shirts and tried them on and purchased them. And Kimberly was still in the dressing room. Come on, I bought three <laughs> pairs of jeans. Girl, do you know what I mean? Oh, I oh yeah. Girls, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I know what anyway, you mean too, <laughs> so, No, you don't. All your stuff is like the same size. All our oh, stuff is all yeah. different. Nothing is consistent. Anyway, so irritating. Mm-hmm. It's don't so irritating. Don't fashion shame me. Do not fashion shame <laughs> me. <laughs> um, I really go with my emotions. So if I really feel vibrant that day, I'm wearing red. If I feel maybe ooh, I'm a little like, and comfort plays a role in it, like how willing am I to want to be uncomfortable to look good today? Or do I just want to wear like leggings? And, you know, so um, those are the two big things that kind of go through my mind when I'm choosing an outfit. Um, In terms of how to tell people like how to choose, I mean, I think experimenting is good because I've recently noticed that I have a lot of black in my wardrobe, which doesn't necessarily mean I'm like, you know, depressed all the time necessarily, but I like kind of this elegant, sleek black look or the look of leather or what have you. Um, and so I've tried to be like, okay, I'm going to get, um, pot, like different stuff. That's just like a pop of color here, a pop of color there of colors that I don't usually wear. Um, and I would suggest anyone who is struggling with fashion to do those online fashion boxes where they like you fill out a bunch of info about yourself and then they just send you stuff. And I think that's fun. Oh, um, you mean like Stitch Fix? Is that what you're right. saying? Yeah, okay. yeah. Stitch Fix is what I use just for fun. Just because I'm like, they will send me stuff that I would never pick out to mm-hmm. try on in the store. But then when I try it on, I really like it. And I'm like, oh, well, now you have expanded the horizons of my wardrobe, so to speak. And a lot of those pieces that they specifically send you, they, you can pair easily with other things in the box. Um, mm-hmm. So I've used that service before, too. Yeah. I haven't used that one, but I've used uh, Gwinny B. They have like a like a plus size version of that that I mm-hmm. absolutely love. They do the mm-hmm. exact same things. And I fall in love with everything, almost everything that they send me. It's so exciting to get that in the mail. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, Kimberly, let me ask you. Okay, yeah. so you started off and you said like, well, depending on your mood, you might pick red. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are you are you doing this are, for as far as processing your mind? Are you saying like, oh, I wonder how I feel today. Okay, now I'm going to pick clothes that are expressing how I'm feeling today. Correct. So are you doing, okay, so is it a mix of like, this is how I feel today hey, I'm working, so I've got to have it be work well, professional, yeah. that kind of thing. So you're right. balancing between it's got to be work professional, but it's also I'm feeling this particular way. And also um, I want to be comfortable. So I'm going to wear leggings. You're you're right. doing a balance that way. Okay. Yeah. So how do you pull, how are you pulling stuff together and knowing to wear these pants and this shirt to make an outfit that looks good? Because 
if you're like me, you don't know. I'm getting better at it because I'm consciously trying to. Okay. But like historically, it's like, I would be like, well, I don't know how to do that. And so I really would not have a starting point. You know, and well, then, I mean, I feel like, do you put on the outfit and do you feel good? If you don't try something else, if you're like, I feel great in this, then and you're good. But how do you know if it looks good? Like, I know, oh, match colors, you know, colors that go together. But um, so I'll say this, like, I often will be like, well, what is the event I'm going to? So I need something that's okay. going to be for the event that I'm yeah, going sure. to so frustrated. Like this poor guy doesn't understand any of this stuff and i would say like i know that's correct okay so it's like you know so you're going to to a certain event right so i would say this you need to dress appropriately for whatever the event is oh sure right? so yeah. you, you're going to decide like can i get wear a t-shirt or do i do this is this like is a t-shirt appropriate or do i need to wear a dress shirt i still struggle when i go out with kimberly and i'm like oh i think i oh, could wear sorry. jeans and a t-shirt and then she comes out with this really nice dress right and i'm like well shit i'm wearing a t-shirt you know so i guess a couple of things you're trying to balance and match the other person you're trying to fit the venue that you're in and you're trying to have colors that match is that it does that fashion did we just cover it right there oh okay i do want to throw this out because i do think this is like to me this is what fashion is you're telling a story Okay, so whether it's like, I think, Kimberly, you were saying like the emotion you're feeling, but it's like however you dress is telling a story and you're communicating to people. So this is like when you can read somebody, you know, it's like, how are they dressing? What are they wearing? What is the story that they're telling? The same thing, if I'm trying to dress myself, I'm trying to say, what is the story that I want to be presenting to people? Does that sound fair? Yes. Stephen, I fall more in your world in terms of I don't know what I'm doing. When I dress myself, I, I live in scrubs 40 plus hours a week. And then the other mm -hmm. days, I'm just trying my best to piece something together. So I totally understand what you're saying. Like, I just, yeah. And oftentimes, you know, you could do this. This is my tip to you, Stephen. You can default to a dress because then that's one full piece of clothing and you don't have to match anything. Okay, thank thank yep. you, Brandy. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, yeah you're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did have a couple signs of like to uh, of what the person might be expressing. Okay, so if you're um, if somebody is dressed real formal, okay, why are they dressed formal? So it could be that they're trying to express professionalism. It can also portray that they're like, have a possible fear of messing up, right? So therefore, they're going to default on like I'm just going to dress the proper way, you know, all these kind of have, it can have like a back and forth reasoning. And that's what I kind of want to just touch on. So again, just like with the body language thing, you don't always know the exact reason why the person is dressing this way, but just pay attention. You might be like, you know what, this person doesn't like messing up, you know, and that is why they maybe dress more conservatively or something. Casual can be like, oh, I'm comfortable and easygoing. It can also have like the possible fear of being too corporate. You know, like, well, I don't want to be associated with that. So therefore, I'm going to always, you know, dress down to show that I have my freedom. Um, the tough and protective exterior of like the, you know, biker jacket or something like that could be like, oh, it's cold outside. And it can also be like, don't mess with me because I'm scared and I just need you to stay away from me. You know? All, so <laughs> is that what is your the, leather jacket means? That is what my. Oh. Leather means. <laughs> no, my leather jacket means this next one's like slutty. I need attention. <laughs> or like I'm a badass motherfucker who owns my body and enjoys interacting with other people. Or it could be, 
<laughs> yeah. Very much probably both. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, the way somebody dresses, um, you can get a whole bunch of information, but also realize like sometimes there is like I don't want to say secret meanings, but there could be more to it. You know, of like why they're dressed a certain way. Just pay attention to that. You know, the person who is afraid of messing up. Which Brandy, you have talked about that all the time. If they the way somebody mm-hmm. dresses, you'd like to untuck their shirt. Mm-hmm. to fuck with them, you know, to see how they react. Right. And that's because you, but what I'm going to say it this way, you're also trying to reach out and sort of help them be more comfortable. Hey, you don't have to be perfect, you know, be a little bit at ease. So if you notice mm-hmm. that aspect about the person, it gives you something to kind of work with, you know? Yeah. Can I add something? Yeah, please. I just, a lot of what you're saying right now makes me think through like the days where I choose to dress up or the days where I choose to wear makeup, because I don't do that most of the time, but every now and again, I just wake up and a day happens to be really, really hard that day. And I'm just really down or I have no energy or I just feel really terrible Mm -hmm. in general or about myself or something like that. And some days are just harder than others. Mm -hmm. And if I'm like, wow, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, but today's a really important day at work and I really need to have my shit together. Like those are the days where I will dress up more or I will wear makeup and I will make myself look more put together just to pull my myself together like like you know reel it in so that i can focus like putting the outside of me together that way helps like get my get my mind in the right place to zone into to the kind of performance that i need for that day the kind of person that i need to be for that day sometimes that's what i that helps yeah for me i'm I'm sure that doesn't work for everybody but for me that's been really helpful yeah no that's good that's good uh, Brandy, you mentioned this earlier and it made me think of it, but uh, micro expressions. Do you, does anybody know that term? Have you, that's okay. You do know it, Ava. Um, okay. So what is it? What is that to you? What is micro expressions? Oh no, I'm not explaining it. I know it because oh. you've explained it to me before. So oh, you still okay. get to explain it. <laughs> okay. Fine. okay. <laughs> All right. So micro, micro expressions are like sort of the really quick, fast things you see, maybe go across somebody's face. Okay. And so really what I want to say is like, like what are like paying attention to facial expressions? Um, what are, what are facial expressions that you all know? And like, what do the meaning between them, like smiling, like, what do you get from certain smiles? If someone's enjoying the interaction, um, you can tell if they're in like a more serious mindset or more playful. Like if it's just kind of harder to get someone to smile, if you're trying to get them to smile or you're telling a funny story and they're not smiling, then that, you know, they just might not be in that mindset right then. And are you saying sort of like um, you're you're reading the smile and in some ways you're knowing. I'm trying to find what level of energy they're on. I'm trying to find what level of energy they're they're on and try to meet them there um, if, or to make them comfortable. But that's just my approach is. Yeah. Yeah. Not all smiles are created equally. Right. What, do you, what yeah. do you mean? I mean that some people might have like a, a ginormous grin on their face with, with all the teeth. Right. And then other people might have like more of a smirk or you mm-hmm. might have like a really formal smile. Like, Oh, I'm just smiling to be polite. Like there's different types of smiles. One that like different people are going to use. Right. Like I am, I am more apt to do like the more quirky, like one corner of my mouth smile. I do that like a lot more often than I feel like most people do just, and that's just like how, I don't know how my face works, I guess, but also like depending on what you're responding to and what you're feeling is going to evoke a certain type of smile as well. Right. Like Mm -hmm. different people smile in different ways for different reasons. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things I heard was like when you smile, it, it affects your eyes, right? So if you want to know something about the person and the, the hey, they're smiling, it was kind of like pay attention to the eyes because you'll be able to tell like, is it, uh, I think like what you're saying, Ava, like is it a, like I'm smiling to be polite versus I'm mm-hmm. smiling because I'm genuinely happy. And mm-hmm. so there are all these different types of smiles. This is so why way- you should still smile in a masked picture. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And I do that, man. I have walked through the grocery store and you see somebody or whatever, and you're just being polite, but it's like you smile at them and it's like, it feels so weird because it's like, they can't see your mouth, but I know, like, I think they know that I'm smiling too. Mm-hmm. And I'll add too, I feel like whatever is in your heart, like the way you're feeling in your heart is going to come across your face. You know, it's people are going to be able to sense that. And this goes back to like in the very beginning, we were talking about the evolutionary psychology and stuff like that. Like we're not very good at hiding this stuff. Okay. But we're great at fucking expressing it. So if you have the attitude that you have is going to come across in your face, if you are, um, you know, I'm going to say caring and like this person and are being playful, like that is going to come across. So just sort of trust that, you know, and trust that they're going to, they're going to pick up that you're a safe person, that you do like them, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what about signs of tension? You know, so, so if you're seeing like things like, let me say this real fast, smiling, you know, and reading those kind of things. And then the eyes and what are the eyes saying? And, you know, those are kind of like looking for positive facial things that you know, may be positive signs. What, what are the sort of negative signs that you might get of signs of tension or somebody that's trying to maybe be a little bit more protective of themselves? I always notice if somebody frowns, it can even be really a micro expression with the frowning. Like just for a second. Yeah. I'll I'll they do it and then correct themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just say um, lack of eye contact or like knit eyebrows or something like that. The eye contact is really, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And their eyes can almost appear heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've noticed uh, if somebody kind of pulls back, you know, if they're leaning away from you or again, it's almost like the body language of like, I want to leave or they're turning their body away from you. But the same thing, if they kind of back up or something like that, that can be like a sign of like, okay, I just said something that, you know, made them do that. Like, what did I just say? Hands in pockets, you know, and um, any, yeah. But I think the key thing here on this is just like, look for signs of tension we don't need to list everything. You will notice it. You know, if you are looking for that kind of thing, you will notice it. And then like Kimberly saying, you might have those micro expressions like fly across somebody's face. Um, and that is one of the things that I think you all all know this of me. I feel like I'm pretty good at that. And when I see you all do it, I like to call you out on it. So it's like, if we're talking like this can be my point here is like, it can be a fun flirty example of something right so like say like maybe ava's like slightly embarrassed like d- about something or, you know maybe, ava just gave know. you a look like you uh-huh. don't embarrass like, oh, me no. Where are we? <laughs> no i know but... she's like oh no where's he going with this yeah right so where am i going with this right so ava could yeah. be like oh no is he going to say something that uh you know I don't know, maybe not embarrasses me in a bad way, but maybe he's like the way I feel about <laughs> him is like, oh, look, she's backing up right now. She's backing up for the microphone. <laughs> so you'll get these like micro. Okay. So if, another example I want to give though, okay. Is like, um, 
be, being flirty. Okay. And maybe even like, if you're like negotiating, like if you're going to do a sex scene or BDSM scene. Okay. So you're talking about stuff and Hey, do you like this? Do you like that? Right. So let's say you say like, Oh, you, well, Hey, Kimberly, like, how would if how would you feel if I like tied your hands to the bedpost and you were like totally helpless? Mm, I actually <laughs> did this in our negotiation. I went, mm. And he was like, that's a no. The question was, can I touch your pussy? And I was like, mm. he was like, no. <laughs> then, then it's no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's where we that were. Our first day. In our relationship. <laughs> yeah. But in, in this example, I'm going to say that the person, no, like they might all, they might micro expressions. Okay. So they might have like a, a, a look of shock for a second. Like what? Like I wasn't expecting that. Like you're going to tie me to the bedpost and then you might get this slight smile. Right. And then it's like, they regroup themselves and they're like more protective and more. And, and then they give a Kimberly answer. Like, uh, I don't know, you know? And what I would say in that though, is like, for me, it's like the smile that quick smile for a second would tell me a lot. Right. And then you don't, again, you don't know totally what it means. So you have to go in and ask, be like, wait a minute. I saw you smile for a second. And all you're doing is like, you're just, you're just admitting to what you saw. You're like, there's no secrets here. Okay. So wait a minute. I, I saw you smile for a second. You know, was that scary, but maybe was it also kind of appealing, you know, and then you're going to get more reactions right there, you know, mm-hmm. and that leads you into the conversation, but the, sm- the slight smile, you know, or the slight, the slight thing can tell you so much about like, well, maybe the person is nervous about this, but they also kind of want it, you know, and that's something I think we deal with. And if you can find that out, then you it's like, okay, let's, how can we explore this? You know, what's a safe way to go, go through and do this. That is fun and that you would be comfortable with. So that kind of stuff can make a really fun flirty thing that when you're over coffee or on a date, you know, or, or negotiating of how you all want to play. It, it's micro expressions are, are really, there's something to kind of pay attention to. And that's part of that thin slicing thing. Um, uh, and, and I do want to add, if you're ad, asking questions about that kind of stuff, if you don't do it to like lead somebody, somebody to a certain place, like ask questions that are interesting and you're just looking for reactions in some respects, you know, but you don't necessarily have a goal of like, I want to get this person to where I can tie their arms up above their head. If you're going to ask that question, it's because you generally want to know, like, is this something they're into and would like or not into and like, because you're getting that information so you can then use it. So if they're like, no, I'm like, Kimberly's like, mm, no, I don't think so. Then, then, you know, like, no, there's, you know, there was nothing in there. There's no slight smile or anything there. Like, so we wouldn't do that except that we did. So, okay. (laughs) I love her examples to everything too are always so kinky. Like regular vanilla people are probably like, what? Wait, what? Wait, your questions are like, tie your hands above your head. What are you talking about? That's like a regular question. Like that is our regular questions. Well, and (laughs) I I like to use those as examples though, because a lot of times people are like, well, I would like to ask that question, but I don't know how to do that. Because you know, it's so a scary feel, question to ask. The right. person could be like, what is wrong with you? Right. If you can ask like, hey, would it be okay if I tied your hands above your head? If you can ask that, then you can ask the person, would you like to go out to dinner with me? You know, you can ask the easier questions. So I think it, the, the stuff that we ask is not that hard, but it seems hard on the on the outside. Right. And so I think that they do, you know, the kinky stuff does make good examples because we do communicate. That is stuff that we we do very well, I think, generally speaking. And it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Brandy. Hey, what? 
Hey, so how do you know if somebody's flirting with you or likes you? Or I have no like- fucking idea. <laughs> legit, honest, I, I am oblivious to it. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. Okay. All right. They asked me for a kiss, Ava. and I'm like, oh, okay, we're we're. Yeah. So that's it. When they oh, kiss that, you, when they kiss you on the lips, then you're like, I think this person likes me. No, I told you that the uh, the first story of the primary partner I'm seeing from Knoxville when we walk, he walked me to the car after our first meetup, such lunch date, and he's like, "Can I give you a kiss?" Or he went in for a kiss, and it, I mean, we had a good time, and it was completely on that level. And then I was like, "But my," it's like, "Oh, we're doing this," and he was like. I thought so. And so then he like met my <laughs> body language and it was the, the most sexy kiss ever, if you all can imagine. No, but, um, and then we kissed and then he was like, I literally walked away thinking, oh goodness, I thought that that went really well and I really messed up there. Um, and I just read the energy wrong. And I was like, no, like you read it right. It was just, I'm the one that I'm oblivious to flirting. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was it's last funny. year. So like, I don't think I'm ever going to get better at it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are going to get better at it because you're going to pay attention. I, I'm going to try. I try. <laughs> but I think I'm so focused on the other person and making sure they have a good time and meeting where their energy's at that I'm not checking in with myself enough to see truly how I'm feeling or trying to look for those verbal and nonverbal cues versus is this person just being nice because they're stuck here with lunch with me? Cause we've ordered and you know, versus are they really wanting to be here? It's, I get in my head a little bit about it. Well, that's good. You're okay. So what you just said is like, you're looking for positive signs of interest. D- does this person right. like me? They're looking for positive signs of interest. Yeah. I, I think that's important. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, I, I had written down in my notes, I had like smiles, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, including the eyes, not just like a polite smile, um, laughter, because laughter is one of those things. Like we, what I heard was like, we do it not necessarily because the thing was funny, but we're doing it because we're really saying like, Oh, I like you as a person. Laughter just puts out a good energy. Yeah. It's like a connect. It's a connecting thing. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. So if the other person's laughing, you know, with you, um, hopefully not at you, if they're laughing though, it's like, then that's, you can kind of know like, okay, that what that really means is like that they they're enjoying themselves. They like me. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Teasing can be a good one too. Like positive signs of interest. And that's one of those things I think that confuses people. Um, we are going to, we have a whole section that we're going to talk about when we get into like the art of flirting that really is going to be addressing teasing and how do you know if it's good teasing or bad teasing? Um, and people don't always know how to read that correctly, you know, but like good teasing really is, is I'm going to say it's more of like playing, you know, that's what's going on is you're playing, it's play, being playful. Um, and that's a, a really good sign of interest and just, you know, moments of sharing, so whether it's like you're sharing food, you're sharing stories, holding the door open for someone, those kind of things, like that's somebody taking care of you kind of thing, you know, and, and wanting to share food with you as an example. So those are all, you know, I would say those are signs of interest that the person likes you. Um, Ava, do you have any though, like what, what comes to your mind? You're pretty observant. Gee, thanks. Uh <laughs> I, so when Brandy gave her answer, my, my initial thought was, yes, oh my God, that's me. Like, I have such a hard time with this. And then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, uh, I don't know that I have trouble identifying when someone is flirting with me because sometimes people make it really obvious and live example, Steven, you make it really obvious because you do a lot of that teasing and playing kind of a thing. So like, it's, it's fun and it, and it's, and it's flirty because like the teasing aspect is there and it's, it's very obvious, but 
not everybody has that style. And if it's more toned down, like say someone is trying to flirt with you for the very first time, they might not want to come on super, super strong and it might not be as obvious. That's where I struggle in the same way that Brandy struggles of like, oh, I just thought they were being nice or thought they were being agreeable or polite. Like, I don't want to misread the situation and take Mm -hmm. their, you know, engaged conversation and smiles and eye contact and good body language is more than just, you know, they're just a warm person being friendly as opposed to a person that is interested in me and flirting with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, anything to add? No, I kind of get that. I I can see how that's confusing, and I feel like sometimes you really can't tell. It's but sometimes I can just like feel an energy that suggests to me the person is flirting versus just being friendly. And okay, so question: if if you're getting that energy, but you're not exactly sure, um, can you just ask? Like, is that that, that's what I want to suggest is like, if you're not sure, just ask. And it doesn't have to be like, are you flirting with me? You know, like in an aggressive way, but you could be like, are you flirting with me? Like, I can't, you could say it. Playful. Like a playful way. Yeah. yeah. I've done that before. Because a playful like lets them off the hook if they say, uh, no, you know, <laughs> you know or uh, I was. But yeah. Okay. Because yeah. actually the, the right answer is going to be like, uh, I was, is that Okay. Like there's going to be some version of that, you know, like, cause the person's not going to know. Necessarily My favorite answer is when someone says, I mean, I was trying. No, the hardest answer though, is when they say maybe in that teasing way, I'm like, oh well, shit, were they or weren't they? That's, that doesn't, a yes. that's not helpful. Oh, no, that's, that's a yes. yes. That's is a it a yes, yes or is it a no, but I didn't want to be mean about it. No, it's a yes. Well, maybes can't mean yeses. That's not how this should work. That's so yeah. confusing. I agree. Well, that's I know, Everyone but it's, like, out it's there, not. It's don't not, say it's maybe and what it mean. Yes, that's confusing. <laughs> but it's safer. The reason somebody says that is because it's safer to say maybe and be non-committal than it is to come right out and be like, yes, yes, I am Ava. Because if Ava doesn't like that, then it's like, well, you better stop it. You know, you're in trouble now. So it, that's where <laughs> I think. I'm that's exactly what I would say. Exactly what happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, look, I did have some things to to mention here. So I'm going to put two different categories. I'm going to say like somebody gives you an expression. Okay. Is it a just friendly expression or is it more intimate? Okay. Because I think for listeners and a lot of people, it's like, they're going like, I don't always know. Okay. So I want to give some examples of, of the two that I think are going to help people start to see the difference between, between the two. So that when something that I don't list, they'll be able to kind of figure out maybe which category it's in. Okay. Um, so intimate reactions where the person is, does like you and is wanting to connect with you, you know, that's where you're going to get like the playful teasing conversation where the, it's a, it's a game. You know, you're, you're, they're playing with you. It's not necessarily teasing you in a bad way or whatever, but it is a, it's a game. And that's, so somebody who is like acting kind of bratty or is maybe giving you a hard time does not mean that they, you know, think less of you or anything like that. It, but it can be often, it's like, they're trying to engage with you and have that playfulness that goes back and forth. So that's, that could be a really good sign. Um, the space between you and the person, but the closer that they stand to you, the more intimate. So if you go stand next to them, you don't necessarily get any reading, but if you notice that they're sliding a little closer to you or they're turning their body language to you, then that can be like, yeah, that they're interested and wanting to get closer to you. Um, Touch is a big one. 
you know, so if you're getting like the flirty kind of arm touches or I've had people be like, uh, it's okay. You can touch my clothing. It's like, that's totally, you know, that's totally something. So if you get bumps and pushes or punch, you know, when Kimberly punches me in the arm, I like to think that that means that she likes me. Hand hand squeezes. If you're holding somebody's hand um, and they kind of squeeze your hand, like that's an intimate kind of thing. You're not going to do that. If you don't like the person that's holding your hand, you're not going to go squeeze her hand back, you know? Oh no. See, that's one of my, no, that's one of my nonverbal, like, cues if i squeeze your hand it means there's something interesting to look at like i squeeze your hand you start you, you start scanning there. you start scanning for something going on i'm sorry that's <laughs> not how I <laughs> don't I'm like oh my gosh look up there yeah anyway okay um but yeah and i would say like just ask you know straight out the person like in, mm-hmm. maybe in a teasing way like you know like that smile like are you being flirty with me you know, or I, I want to flirt with you. Is that, is that okay? I've said that to people because I don't know the answer. So it's like, it is a fun, like all they have to say is like, like, no. And I'll be like, okay, all right. You know, but what have I lost? I have said that I would like to flirt with them. And that is the truth, you know? So, um, and then do you like me? You know, that's, that's always an easy one. And those are just honest things, you know? So asking the honest question that is in the room, that, that could be a really positive thing. The friendly responses, though, the difference is, is going to be in the subtlety. Okay. So the, you might have an easy conversation you know, and trust gets created. Okay. So that you're going to have positive responses, but there's going to be a little bit of boundaries that are going to be set. So the distance, the person, like if they're standing, they're going to stand a little bit further away from you, like business distance from you or something. Or, um, maybe corrective behaviors. So like if you slide up to somebody and then they slide away a little bit, you know, that's a, they're correcting, you know, you got a little bit too close. So therefore they're correcting to give, to create a little bit more space. So those kind of corrective behaviors are not bad. And just saying like where it's kind of giving you a sense of like their mindset and like where they feel about things. Um, what else along those lines, like the friendly responses, have you all seen or have you all done in order to help, I'm going to say, keep somebody sort of in that friend zone where they might be interested in you and you don't necessarily want more? What kind of things would you, have you all done or, or I've seen? just told them. What, what do you say? Like back up off? No, I just say, you know. They're I, not I, dogs. I <laughs> That's what I say down, to Jasper. Down. <laughs> throw them a treat. Um, so no, I mean, I just say I really enjoy your company and I love being around your energy, but I don't think this is going to go any further than just a really nice friendship. I don't so have you do time. the compliment I sandwich. Yeah. I really I don't, like yeah. You, but I just this don't is not going to go further. And drag on and all that. I, yeah. Oh, that's very, yeah, that's good. I guess a compliment sandwich. I'm not lying when I say that. I truly mean that. It's just, it's not going to be more than what it is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice. Um, I mean, honestly, that you just say it directly, you know, and, and kind of let people know. And like I was saying, not everybody does that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most comfortable thing, but. No, it's- it, it, but it's it gets it done quickly, because if you give mixed signals. Yeah. Then then you've not communicated well, you mm-hmm. know, and so then when the person is still interested in you, it's like part of that's on you because you did not. Mm-hmm. You didn't set the boundaries. You didn't communicate. Well. Ava, mm-hmm. what about what about you? Oh, don't call on me for this one. I'm bad at this. 
Well, I mean, if some but if somebody expresses interest and you're not really interested, do you have certain signals that you give them? If I am say texting someone some with someone that I know and they they seem to be coming on really strong and I'm just not really interested, I'm I transparently just have a, a habit of becoming somewhat distant. Like historically, that is just what I've done. Not that I cut somebody off or like just ghost them, right? But you know, for a person that I'm like really actively interested in or very, very close to, like I'm in an active conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if this is a coworker or a friend that is just coming on really strong, like I, I don't have a sense of urgency around those types of messages. So it might, the behavior itself very transparently is just distance mm-hmm. for me. Um, mm-hmm. And just also, you know, if someone is, I guess, bringing up uh, suggestions of, oh, we should go do xyz and it sounds very date like i may propose a counter idea of hey let's go do this thing with this group of people like less of a date idea kind of a thing try to redirect the way that we have a relationship as being less romantic kind of a thing i like that because what i hear you saying is being that you're trying to be kind and you're redirecting it to something else right so if it's me and i'm like and you're redirecting it then hopefully i'm reading the signals paying attention reading the signals and and i should just go along with what you say like if i force it nothing's going to be good you know so when you're redirecting i should roll with that um same thing you mentioned i'm going to say kind of ghosting yeah i know you said it's not ghosting right Uh, i don't think ghosting is totally bad because i think when people do it what i would what i want to say is like if you dear listener get ghosted like don't take it as too big of a cut take it as like a form of communication that the, that for whatever reason the person wasn't feeling it um you know and, or they just got bored and you'll never quite know the answer you know and i think we have to sometimes get comfortable with that but just if somebody does it to you you know don't don't uh think like oh well the right th- you know like they're a bitch they what they should have done is like contacted me and told me the reason then things would be okay i think you're better just to be like it's it's a form of communication maybe they didn't know what to say maybe they were embarrassed you know so they took the easy way out and they just didn't say anything but in the end it's a form of communication of saying like eh, i'm not feeling this or i'm not interested mm-hmm. enough to want to kind of keep the conversation going you just take it for what it is and then just move on Well, and also with ghosting, um, what I've personally experienced is it's usually in the very beginning stages of talking and interest being shown, and then you're ghosted. And so there's not really a lot already previously devoted to the situation to begin with. So if you kind of look at it from that situation, it makes it a little bit easier. You know, you're still in that very casual getting to know each other phase, maybe, and then you get ghosted. It doesn't hurt um, or shouldn't be as personally taken as you know, if you're in a more serious relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I think the thing that I I try to remember when it comes to ghosting is that no one is obligated to respond to me or to continue a conversation or relationship with me if it's that early on, right? Like if my current partner of, you know, four plus years were to do that to me, we'd have some really big problems. But if we're talking about a person that I have not been on a first date with, or I've only maybe been on one or two Mm -hmm. dates with, they're not obligated. Your, your time and attention are not obligated Mm -hmm. to another person and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it might, it might feel, it might still sting. Like that's not, I I have been ghosted plenty of times and it's not a fun Mm -hmm. feeling, but Mm -hmm. I try not to take it personally because at the end of the day, I am not obligated to their time or energy. 
Right. And that's unfortunately just one of those things that comes with the dating world, the, the way yeah. it's formatted right now, especially. Mm -hmm. So you do have to be aware that that's just a very real thing that could happen. Yeah. part of it. Yeah. Uh, th this is great because the last thing I want to talk about is like, what if you're not getting any signals back? You know, so one mm. is like intimate, if you're getting intimate signals, if you're getting the, hey, friend, you know, we're just friends signals and friends are good, like legitimate friends. Great. You know, don't, don't discount that. But if you're not getting any signals back, like let's say you're trying to make it a little bit more romantic or something, you're not getting anything back. Um, don't over try. You know, because if you come across as pushy, that kills it. You know, you're, you've just shot yourself in the foot right there. So don't over try. Leave the conversation gracefully. You know, um, sometimes it depends on the situation. Sometimes it's like you're going to have the opportunity to see this person again. So if you leave the conversation gracefully, then it's like the next time you see him, it's like you've got a, some positive points there. You know, you weren't mm -hmm. pushy. You, you kind of respected boundaries and things like that. And so that kind of can help you you know, get back in with things later on. So just keep in mind, like backing up is not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, if there's no strong signals, a lot of times it can just mean that the, like the connection's not there yet because all the stuff that we're talking about forming connections does take time. And so if you're thinking too fast or whatever, or like Kimberly and I, you know, like, like I was not allowed to touch her pussy in the beginning. Right. We decided that that was a boundary and, um, and that was fine, you know, and I was totally fine with that. And we played and we did other things that she was comfortable with. And, um, eventually that, that kind of changed, you know? So sometimes it's like, if you're not getting the signals right away, it's like, that's just because the connection is not there yet. And I'll tell you, Kimberly and I, we, it wasn't, we were not going to date or get married or anything like that. It was just like, we were just going to get naked together. Huh? Then, weird. What happened? I know. I don't know. <laughs> I think that this kind of stuff happens a lot more than you would realize. You know, it's like, it's, it, I mean, my kids now know, you know, but it's a very big, but like, not everybody gets to know our story about like how we met and, and things like that. You know, that's, that's, so I think it's often stuff like this happens and people don't always talk about it or they're like, Oh yeah, we met through friends. Like that's, mm -hmm. that means mm -hmm. something dirty happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and if they ask other questions like, Oh, what friends? And you're like, Oh man, we didn't plan out this part of the story. Oh no, yeah. we oh didn't plan God. it well enough for yeah. our parents because he told his parents one story and I told my parents one oh, story and then they great. came together yes. and my mother just kept saying, I'm so confused. And I was like, Oh my God, oh, man. we would just combine wow. it. We would just be like, Oh, well, you know, like we, this is, Okay, kids, this is how you lie. You just like, oh, oh, yes, that's true. And this was also true. It'll happen like, yeah, at the same time. It was, oh, my goodness. It was, it, was, it was all true, Mom. It's all true. It's all true, Mom. It's yeah, it's all true. Right. Okay. So, wow. Okay. Hey, getting back on things, I want to wrap this up. Um, so people sometimes ask about like reading intent and text messages. I just want to say it's the same thing as if you're reading the, like the person in, in, in person, you know, you're looking for, you're looking for clues, you know, you're looking for kind of tone. I know it could be harder in an email. Like what is the tone that the person is using? If you're not sure, you know, you can ask the question, but just look for kind of things like, are we kind of coming together or are we getting, or somebody pushing for a little bit more distance between us? Uh, so really the same kind of rules tend to, to follow if you're doing text or emails. So um, as a fairly quick summary, it's like, just look at 
body language, you know, look at the fashion statements, think about the fashion statement you're putting on, you know, what is the story that's being told and what is the story other people are doing? You know, when Kimberly puts on her red dress, you know, you know what she's thinking. Oh, do we? What are you thinking? Fun, sexy, high energy and orgasms. (laughs) All the orgasms. All the orgasms. Read her facial. Read facial expression. So let's look at Kimberly's facial expression right now. She's thinking about the <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> oh, that's great. For body language, fashion statements, facial expressions, just pay attention, you know, and you'll get better and better at this. And it, it it's a fun thing. It takes practice, but just, just do it. Just see like, what can you realize? You know, be your own Sherlock Holmes. And what do you notice about things? Um, look for signs. You know, if the person is interested in you romantically or, or just friendly, don't push things, err on the side of friendship. Um, ask when you're not sure and asking can be fun and sexy. And the more you kind of do it, like you'll, you'll learn how to make it fun and, and sexy. And, uh, you know, don't, no, no worries. Like I just, I wasn't sure. So I just wanted to ask and, you know, see how you felt. So, but my biggest bit of Steven's super bonus advice, you know, is don't ask the person out or to play or do those things until you know that the answer is going to be yes. Okay. So the, the danger there is that somebody could wait too long, you know, and never make a move. So I do want you to make a move, but like, don't make the move until you know, really that the person's going to say yes. So, it, you know, it, if you're not sure, then you might not have developed enough trust and comfort. So again, it's attraction and trust, trust and comfort. Okay. So the trust and comfort is the real secret there. Everybody focuses on an attraction, but trust and comfort is a big one. So if, you know, if, if, if you don't know what they're going to say, work on the trust and comfort just keep developing that relationship and then make it easy for everyone by doing like the preliminary small talk, which we're going to talk about that next week in the engaging conversations. Like what is small talk and why is small talk important and how can you do it easily? We're going to cover that next time, but you know, just make it easy so that as you roll into like the small talk and the flirting that it's going to develop trust and attraction. So again, you know, just you don't ask the person, out until you kind of know that they're going to say yes or have a really good guess, you know, and then they're always allowed to say no, you know, you're not ever going to hold that against, against the person. So, um, I have homework for you all. Kimberly, oh, I love this? homework. You do I love homework? I love assignments. Kimberly's no, like, shit. Brandy's like, oh, awesome. Okay. I'll do Ava's and we won't tell anyone. There we okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Um, I, I would like you guys to practice reading people. That you're interacting. Oh, dear I listeners. What it was first. Dear listeners, you all could do this too. I would suggest it. It's a great skill. Okay. Practice reading. You know reading what, Stephen? I'll practice reading people when you do the love languages quiz. Shut yes! up, Brandy. Yes. Shut yes! up, Brandy. Yes. I almost did it again, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't believe you. I know. I know. <laughs> He's like, you yeah. should. Yeah. No, I can't. I mean, what am I going to say? I haven't done it yet. So read his face, y'all. Read his face. Uh huh. I have no expression whatsoever. <laughs> His face says to me, like, I'm not ever going to do it. I know. I'm so disappointed. We're not ever going to stop telling you to. So Yeah. Mm. Well, that's that's just true. Yeah. If you're comfortable living with that. It's not. You want to live your life that way. Pounding you is called holding you accountable, Steve. That's what we're doing. That's it. I have it on my phone. Look right here. Five love lines. I'm holding it up to the camera. Five love language. Wait, it's not showing. That looks blank to oh, me. That looks really even Five love language. That's Ava sent this to me. I've got it. It's right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I just have been so busy. I've not had the time oh. to do it. Okay, uh-huh. moving on. Um, Every practice. Week. Every week. So you're. I want what I would like you all to do. Okay, is practice reading people. 
um, that you're interacting with, it does not need to be romantic. You know, just practice doing the reading people. So like pay attention to really these two things. Cause again, I want to try to make it as simple as possible when you're, when you're interacting with the person, what is the story that's being, that they're trying to tell? So that could be appearance, body language, those kind of things. Um, and then also look for signs of tension. You know, if you're interacting with them and then try to figure out if you do, like what caused it? You know, was it something you said? Uh, was it the way you approached them or the way the conversation went? That that sort of thing. So I would say like practice reading people. Really what I'm also engage, asking you is like talk to them, I guess. I didn't put that in here, but but do that so that you're getting not just like the story that they're telling, but also as you're starting to have that interaction with them, just how it goes. And um, I'm going to follow up with y'all next week because okay. you're not doing this for me. You're doing it for the listeners. The listeners need to benefit. That's why I, ex I expect you all to follow through, Kimberly. Oh, okay. Follow through, Kimberly. If only Stephen were as it motivated would, uh, to support his, his listeners. listeners. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and follow through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fuck you all. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair, fair. That's fair. Okay. So yeah. I need to do my homework too. That's cool. Okay. I'll do it. Well, okay. I'll bring our results, and then we won't say anything till after he gives his results. Excellent. Yeah. All of you are going to get fired. I'm going to just do the show. <laughs> oh, you just go ahead and try. Oh, <laughs> you yes. can try. Yeah. We'll still be here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey, so I wanted to remind everybody that we have the, the eight point guide to flirting and seduction. Um, that that is, if you go to the website, ethicalseduction.com, you can get that. So the eight point guide is to go along with like tonight's episode. Okay. This is one of the points is, is reading people attraction and trust. We've done that in the past. So if you get the guide, it's, it's really the graphics and to kind of walk you through uh, the basics of, of to give you the overall bigger picture, I guess. And then the individual episodes, we're trying to dive into to the details and really kind of help people understand you know, the aspect that we're talking about. But the goal is really, if you kind of go through these different eight sections that you're going to understand communication and, you know, relationships and how to be attractive and how to flirt with people, how to read it when people flirt with you, we're trying to kind of cover all that stuff. So the guide is there. Um, yeah, you just just go to the website and you'll see a place where you can sign up. You sign up for the newsletter, you get the guide, and um, you can download it as a PDF. So that's there for anybody who'd like it. Um, then next week we are going to cover the fourth one, which is creating engaging conversations. So um, you know, today we really talked about gathering information. The conversations is where you really are starting to use the information. So the using part is really like, how do you have a conversation? The conversations are additionally gathering information, okay? But so many people get hung up in the very beginning of like, I don't know what to, what to say. So the reading people is like, we're going to find this, we're going to get the information, and we're going to start to apply that into ways to like, you know, how do you approach somebody? I do not, I mean, pickup lines are kind of hilarious. I don't really like them. It's not what I recommend, but um you know, we'll talk about like, how do you get the information so that when you walk over there to go talk to somebody, you know what to say, you know, and you've got something that is engaging and is not just pick up lines are kind of shallow. They're not necessarily engaging, you know, um, I, you know, I guess they could be, depends on what you have, but they're a line, you know, and I'd rather have things be real. So when you walk over there and you're talking to somebody like they work and take you for real. So, so this is gathering information next week is going to be starting how to use the information. Um, 
if anybody has questions like about relationship styles or anything that they really want us to kind of cover, you know, please reach out to us. We have d- different ways you can contact us. You can email me at Stephen at ethical We have a voicemail. My brother was like, I have to do the, uh, what I say, Google voice. I've not done that bad, Stephen, but I need to do that. So I'll try to get a number that, uh, you know, people can call there, but right now, if you go to the website again, there's a button you can click and that'll take you right to leaving a voicemail. That's great. Cause then we have it. We can use it on the podcast. Um, the website, ethicalseduction.com. We're on Instagram. We're on fat life, secret fat life. Nobody knows about fat life, Facebook for kinky people. Um, we have Pinterest page that if anyone wants to follow, so we're posting stuff on there, um, trying to make it kind of interesting and being a resource for people as well. And if you're a first time listener, have not listened to us before, you know, if you're, if you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe. If you don't like what you heard today, just don't, don't hit subscribe. Or hit subscribe it. anyway and give us another chance. It's cool. Yeah. See, Ava, yeah. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to Ava. Um, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. That's something that not a lot of people do. So if you do it, we will definitely appreciate it. Uh, you know, we, we would love that. And I think that is it. Anybody else have anything else they want to say as we as we part? I really wanna I really wanna hear from the people that listened to our episode and did not like it or did not agree with the conversation. If you were listening, you're like, man, this was crap. I don't like this for all these reasons. You should <laughs> you should reach out to us and tell us that so that we can talk about it and be like, man, this person really didn't like this stuff. And like let's figure out, I don't know, how to do it better or prove them wrong or I don't know. But I wanna hear from you. <laughs> tell us yes. what you think. Yes. <laughs> that that would be good because even if it's somebody who has a different approach, you know, or maybe I'm going to say some somebody that we their opinion is not something we agree with, it would still be good to kind of go through and talk about why. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to come out to be like one person's <clears throat> right and the other person's wrong, but it could be like just inter- it could be just different approaches, you know, and that could be beneficial to people. Yes. So I'm serious. If you have a differing opinion or if you didn't like what we had to say tonight for whatever reason, reach out to us. Let us know. We want to know mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. That's Ava at ethicalseduction.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk again next week. Bye. 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 Hello, and welcome to Ethical Knitting. Your source for everything you need for patterns and stitching so that we can help you get the help that you need both in and out of the bedroom. With me today are Grandma, <laughs> Nana, and, and, and Pat Pat. <laughs> who is who, though? Yeah, am I Pat Pat? How does this yeah. work exactly? Yeah, I don't know which one to be offended by, so I need you to clarify. <laughs>